Night 5 of Camp Kiwi and the Bird. Final Destination, Part 1. Hello, campers. This is Taylor, a.k.a. the bird from Kiwi and the Bird. And we have some good news for once. That asteroid that hit yesterday? Camp is just outside of its blast radius. So all the people and buildings are safe, thank goodness. And due to the asteroid... Emergency services have arrived and set up a communication center for you all to contact your families. In truth, the connection's still a bit spotty. But the higher you get, the better the chance you'll have of reaching your loved ones. But this is the tail end of our journey, campers. Soon, all the camp killers and the aliens and asteroids and Faye will be behind you. Which is where our story begins. The fifth and final day of Camp Kiwing the Bird starts with a storm. The skies rumble, and rain pelts the ashen remains of Cabin 3, the still-bubbling quicksand at the volleyball court, and the still-smoldering remains of the asteroid that crashed nearby the night before. Authorities have arrived to inspect the crash site. Hearing that communication to the outer world has been somewhat re-established, at Barry underscore 0025 takes it upon themselves to climb on top of the pool house to try for a signal. The roof is slick with rain, and the building is taller than Barry remembers. They raise their phone, the battery less than 5%, into the air and blink water out of their eyes. The skies pulsate and flicker with blue as lightning prepares to strike. The electrical anticipation raises Barry's skin, but they stay focused on getting reception. Seeing one bar, two bars, lightning bolts down from the sky and connects with Barry, blaring the world with white. Barry is blasted away. Their phone lands on the grass, glitching and smoking, now fully charged. The rest of the campers huddle in their cabins, jumping whenever they hear a screech of lightning. Fortunately, they are informed that some of the authorities will be driving the surviving campers down to the nearest town, where their loved ones will be contacted. At Bella Beetle hops into a park ranger's truck, while the other campers disperse into other cars. At Michaela underscore 115 sighs with relief as they settle in the police cruiser. As Camp Kiwi starts to shrink in the rear view, they lay their heads back and relax. Riding in the back of another police car, at one Fufu, future novelista, and Julie Led feel a similar weight being lifted off their chests. They survived Camp Kiwi and the bird. Construction, Michaela underscore 115 hears their driver say as the car slows down. This wasn't here before. Michaela opens their eyes and looks ahead, where they see a construction blockade. It looks like there's a fallen tree, some asphalt pavers and roadwork, a logging truck, and a crane holding a suspended piece of concrete, the debris gently swaying as it hangs over the cruiser. Behind them, the other cars with the other campers stop as well. Let me see if I can find anyone to speak to, the driver informs Michaela, stepping out. The policeman cautiously approaches the site. As he walks the perimeter, 
Michaela notices a shadow in the driver's seat of the logging truck. Michaela hears the truck switch on, sees the headlights as they flick on too. At once, instinct tells Michaela to run. Michaela steps out, about to tell the policeman that they need to go when there's the sharp snap of a cable from overhead. Michaela freezes and looks up at the suspended piece of concrete. It looks like it's going to fall. Michaela gasps. The concrete slab drops, crushing them. Ahead, the logging truck switches into gear and lunges toward the rest of the campers in the remaining cars. Go, Bella my beetle shouts to their driver. The park ranger doesn't argue. The car is put into reverse and they tear off down the road, the logging truck hot on their trail. Meanwhile, at one Fufu, future novelista, and Julie Led plow forward in their police cruiser, their driver blasting through the construction site, uncaring of the blockades and the obstacles. But something slick like oil must have been poured onto the road, for the tires swerve and squeak, and the driver furiously wrenches at the wheel. The car swings out into a wild turn and slams into an asphalt paver. Instantly, hot and thick and tar-like asphalt is poured onto the cruiser. It melts over the windshield and steams the windows. Julie Led grabs at their throbbing head, gasping, and catches movement in the side mirror, where a shadow approaches the steaming, tarry car with a lit match. Meanwhile, driving furiously in the opposite direction, Michaela and the park ranger have slowly been losing their lead over the log truck. Soon, the cars are parallel to each other, and the log truck driver smiles at Michaela before it zooms ahead and pulls in front of their vehicle. The logs tethered onto the back of the truck bounce against the chain strapping them down. The logger swerves, the chains strain, and one of them clips free. The last thing Michaela sees is one of the logs slipping off the back of the truck, heading toward them and piercing through the windshield. Back in the other car, At One Fufu shouts, we need to go, as tarry asphalt continues to pour over the windows, obscuring their view. Behind them, the camp killer stalks closer. In reaction, future novelista pushes their driver out of the car and takes over the wheel. They put the car in reverse, peel out, and aim to speed past the killer. But just as they drive by, the camp killer tosses the lit match. It catches on the oil greasing the wheels. The vehicle starts to catch fire, and Julie Led screams. Barely able to see out the windshield, Future wrenches the wheel to the right, and the car dives into the forest. Branches strike the vehicle as the three campers blaze through the woods. Future keeps pressing on the pedal, forcing the car faster. When they see hints of the cliff's edge ahead, it's already too late. The car soars off the cliff and explodes. At spam account hears a distant explosion as their driver plows down the highway, past the fake construction site and down the road. Spam had witnessed everything that had just happened. The camp killers were here, and Spam had a feeling this wasn't going to end well. 
Such a feeling proves true when a wolf darts out into the road in front of the car. The driver curses and slams down on the brakes, the truck screeching to a stop. The bumper stops just inches away from the creature. The wolf stares at Spam through the window, its eyes an unnatural yellow, its body far larger than that of a normal lupine. Spam had heard the whispers and rumors about Fay, shapeshifters, just yesterday. As the wolf approaches the vehicle with a canine grin and a growl that rattles Spam's bones, Spam thinks that maybe they should have paid the myths more credit. With that, the wolf lunges. Myths and rumors also hunt down at Yeah, I'm a Proser in their Ranger vehicle. As their driver turns down onto a dirt path they claim will keep them safe and off the road, Yaz lungs stop when they see two pairs of massive feet and two hulking bodies blocking their path. Yaz's eyes climb higher as they take in the two creatures of impossible height, their bodies broad and furry and muscular and terrifying. Their throat sealed shut, Yaz clutches at the door handle and without hesitation, throws himself out of the car, sprinting into the forest. Yah briefly hopes that their driver does the same, but when they hear distant calls for help and massive footsteps and roars shake the world behind them, they fear the worst. Yah seeks refuge in a quaint, murky pond, hoping the water will mask their scent. But something shifts under the surface and something scaly and slimy brushes against Yaz's leg. They try to convince themselves it's just algae or something. When it happens again, something slimy touching their thigh, their arm, their calf. Only now there's a sharpness too, as though something was biting Yeah. A piranha swims up close to the surface, flashing its pearly scales, and Yah screeches, moving to pull themselves out of the pond. But the piranha are hungry, and they've just scented their next meal. And so, the feeding frenzy begins. Campers, to Nat we have lost. At Barry underscore 0025. At Michaela underscore 115. At Bella My Beetle, at One Fufu, at Future Novelista, at Julie Led, at Spam Account, and at Yeah I'm a Proser. Now it's up to all of you to find out who committed these acts. You'll have until 4 p.m. Mountain Time to submit five votes as to who you think did these terrible things. We'll be posting a Google Form anonymous voting link in the description of this episode. Whichever five people have the most votes will be eliminated from Camp Kiwi and the Bird. Later tonight, we will be posting part two of episode five, where the winner of the giveaway will be revealed. Until then, good luck and stay safe, campers.